How are you now? <laughs> Dare I ask? But how are you now? Folks, hello and welcome to the midway point of the season, episode 41 of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and it's uh, it's it's a back-to-back, so we're on a quick turnaround here. I recorded an episode last night. Um, anybody who listened to that one, you know how I felt about that game, how a lot of us felt about that game. And the Habs were right back in action tonight. Uh, they had to go from Philly back home to Montreal to take on the San Jose Sharks, uh, at the Bell Center, and the San Jose Sharks are the consensus worst team in the league, the front runners in the Macklin Celebrini sweepstakes. So, this you could it could be the third night in a row that they play a game, and it should be a game that they're capable of winning. So, you know, you go into this one with some pretty high expectations, and you kind of want to see what's going to shake out, right? What version of the Montreal Canadiens is going to show up. For that game, because as I said last night, I do not accept any excuses from professional athletes, professional hockey players at least, that well we played yesterday, so we were tired. I don't accept those. So we're gonna get to it. I'm gonna go through everything that happened. Uh, we'll do a quick recap and we'll talk about my impressions from the game. But first, with the NFL playoffs right around the corner this weekend, in fact, and the NBA season in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. So head there today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds. And remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And the Montreal Canadiens actually started a whole fucking hell of a lot better than they did the night prior against the the Flyers. They were actually kind of coming out the gate pretty hot. Uh, I would have taken this start last night against the Flyers in a heartbeat, even without the early goal. Obviously, the Habs, they scored early last night. They didn't against the Stars. Uh, But somehow, despite an actually very good start, they get scored on first. Jaden Struble, he's going into the corner, and he just kind of whacks it on the backhand into the middle of the ice, right into the slot. And you don't want to do that as a defenseman. One thing that your coaches drill into you is don't throw the puck willy-nilly into the middle. Struble did that, uh, and it went directly to Luke Coonan, and he gets a freebie driving the net. It's one nothing for the Sharks. And Mackenzie Blackwood from there is kind of keeping things on an even keel for the Sharks. The Habs were by far the better team uh, through most of the first period. And uh, he dug his heels in and just really didn't let him get much. And then, of course, with a few minutes left on the clock in the first period, Thomas Hurdle digs one out behind the net. He throws it out front, and it's Fabian Zetterland out there. And he puts it in past Samuel Montambo. It's 2 nothing for the San Jose Sharks over the Montreal Canadiens. I'm going to stress that very often throughout this podcast. Um, <laughs> Mike Matheson, however, he decides to give the Habs a little bit of life towards the end of the period. He activates from the point, takes the pass, I think, from Savard, comes down, spots Brennan Gallagher in the high slot, throws it out to him. Nice one-timer from Gallagher. He puts it in and makes it 2-1. to one. The Habs had only eight shots through two whole periods against the Philadelphia Flyers, and they had 11 shots on goal just in the first period. So is this a sign of things to come? Is this a sign of a better game? No. Flat start. 
in the second period. They come out, both teams really came out a little bit flat in the second period, but the Habs in particular. Now, five minutes into the period, they're getting trapped in their own zone, and guess what happens? Jordan Harris takes a tripping penalty out of frustration. They do manage to kill it off, but then after that, they're getting hemmed in just almost regularly by the Sharks. The Sharks, the San Jose Sharks, are hemming in the Montreal Canadiens in their own zone. Just ridiculous. Habs, around the midway point of the period, they start to turn the dial back up a little bit, but they're not really getting anything very good on goal. And then, of course, Mikhail Grandlin's up near the point with the puck. He throws it down to Nikita Okotiuk, who I didn't know existed until today. And uh, he gets one through Samuel Montembeau. It's 3-1. to one. Fuck this game. We are at the end of the period. They're losing everywhere. So they were up on the shot clock, up on the attempts everything in the first period by the end of the second period they're not up on anything whatsoever absolutely brutal period you better own the last 20 minutes of this game and they don't they're just listless out there anemic absolutely atrocious in the third period they don't really turn the dial up again once again until the midway point of the period Samuel Montembeau gets pulled with over five minutes left on the clock do they have a miracle in them well they get a couple of chances, and then Cole Caulfield put, puts one on a platter for Mike Matheson at the point. He claps it. It gets tipped on the way by Josh Anderson. It's 3-2, to two, but that's all they had. They did get a bunch of chances after that uh, with their net empty. Do not care. I do not give a shit. 3-2 to two is the final score in favor of the Sharks. I do not give a shit that they came close to tying it at the end of the game. I'm sure the fans that paid their hard-earned money to go into that building felt a little bit better about watching that disgustingly embarrassing effort because they tried to get something done at the end of the game there. So they probably felt a little bit better about spending their money on that game. But this was a fucking disaster. This was embarrassing. Um, honestly, I felt cheated out of my money and I watched it at home and didn't pay any money to be in the building. Uh, and the beer that I drank was uh, quite cheap because I got it from the grocery store around the corner from my house. I didn't pay Bell Center prices for it. How do you feel about that? You know, 17, 18 bucks for every beer that you drink. And you probably needed a lot of them to get through a fucking game like that. Um, I apologize in advance to anybody. Uh, I guess it's not in advance at this point because I already swore a few times. I apologize for the amount of swearing that I've already done and that I might continue to do on this podcast because that effort, it it bothers me. I, I tweeted this during the game. Losing is fine this season. We, we expect this team to lose their fair share of games, right? You're, you, you went into this season with the expectation that they weren't going to make the playoffs, I think we almost all did. There was a very small sect of the fan base that thought maybe this could be a playoff team. But I think most of us, the the overwhelming majority, probably went in knowing that they weren't a playoff team. But we also knew that even if it wasn't a playoff team, that they should probably win more games than they did last year. And for a while, it looked like that that was the case, right? They were going to take a step forward, not a big one, uh, and they were going to get kind of closer to that bubble. Uh, not really ready to pop that bubble and move their way into a wild card spot, but they were going to get they were going to get somewhere around there. And I think a lot of us were happy with that. I don't think there's a single Habs fan, even the ones that thought this was a playoff team, even the ones that had the most rose-colored glasses on their face throughout the course of this season, were in any way impressed, happy, or even remotely intrigued by what they saw in that game against the Sharks. That is the worst team in the NHL. And I tweeted this out too. I said, this is the worst team in the NHL. And the correct response to that would be, which one? 
which one of these two teams is the worst in the NHL because if you watch that game with no knowledge, right, you hadn't seen any other games this season, you don't know what the standings are, and you said one of these teams is the worst in the NHL, anybody, everybody is picking the Montreal Canadiens as the worst team in the NHL. If they go into it with no knowledge, they're picking the Montreal Canadiens because they looked like the worst team in the NHL against the worst team in the NHL. That is not acceptable. This is the type of performance that should normally get somebody fired. It should normally get somebody traded. It probably won't because this is a rebuilding team, but they cannot be tolerating this. If they practice tomorrow, which I don't know if they will, given that they have a game on Saturday, if they practice tomorrow, there should be no pucks. You should be bag skating them. I don't care if it ruins the Saturday night game completely. You need to get some conditioning into them because if this was them being tired, then that is inexcusable inexcusable and you know i i had some people come at me when i I mentioned you know i don't want to hear anything about people being tired on twitter and i had some people dm me and they're like yeah you think you could fucking do better no i couldn't but i'm not an nhl player so that's a really stupid thing for you to message me because of course i can't do better i'm not good enough to be in the nhl but i'll tell you what i can do if you gave me two hockey games of people at my level in two nights in a row, I can give you the same level of energy for two nights. I got that kind of conditioning. And if you're a professional athlete and you don't have that kind of conditioning, it is a severe problem. Severe problem. And I don't think that tired was the problem there. I don't think them being tired was the problem there. I think the problem is that they quit on games. It's almost the same problem that they have with um with a lead where they you know they go out there and once they get a two goal lead they just stop playing they get a three goal lead they leave the building we've talked about this so many times already and i think when they get down in games i think they quit on the game and then i think they try to get back into it after it's too late and that's what we saw in this game you know when when they had the net empty when samuel montambo left and they had the extra skater out all of a sudden they're getting all these chances and they they look like they got energy and it's like well where'd that come from hmm so you, you had this energy the whole time. You had it. But instead of taking any kind of pride in your craft and actually, you know, putting in the effort in that game, you decided to just fuck around and get embarrassed by the worst team in the league. I, it could have been worse, I guess. The score certainly could have been worse. But this is not a team that you should be losing to. At any point of this season, this, is this a team that you should be losing to? That was embarrassing. And... um you know, as for a silver lining of that game, what do you want me to say? I don't have a silver lining for you in that one. I know I committed to this when I started the podcast after the playoff run. I said, I'm going to have one positive thing from every game that I'm going to try to zone in on. I don't have one for this game. There's nothing positive. Losing to the team that is the front runner in the Macklin Celebrini sweepstakes, and you don't have a fucking shot at Macklin Celebrini. The Habs aren't going to get to that point. They're not going to be that bad for the remainder of the season. They would have to be historically bad to get anywhere near where San Jose is right now in terms of point percentage. They're not going to do it. Trade everyone and bring up just straight up the Laval Rocket, and (laughs) they're probably still going to have more points at the end of the season than San Jose. It's, ugh, this is horrendous. I I have not been this upset at the end of a game in a very long time, and I'm I'm counting all uh, even some of the most atrocious referee performances that usually really get me out of my seat with anger. This one takes the cake, man. I cannot stand watching the team play like that um, with no pride. There was sarcastic Olay chants 
going on in the third period. The fans in the Bell Center were sarcastically singing the Olay song the way that opposing fans do to us in their building when they get a big lead on us. That's what Habs fans were doing to the team. If they are not ashamed of that effort, if they do not go home and feel absolute shame for what they just did on home ice, then we have a serious culture problem with the Montreal Canadiens. And maybe we do need to start looking at trading some players because that was disgusting. I... I'm starting to work myself up even angrier than I was. I I literally I took time after the game ended. I sat down for a little bit to collect my thoughts because I didn't want to just grab my mic and start screaming into it and wake up my four-year-old. But um, <laughs> I may have already woken him up now, for all I know. He hasn't come into my office yet, so I think we might be okay. And maybe I'll try to bring the volume down a little bit for the remainder of this podcast and uh, try to chill out somewhat. And on that note, um, we may need to single out some players and I I don't want to I don't want to dump on guys all right but they are professional athletes I'm sure they don't give a shit what I think and if they do they probably need to stop giving a shit uh, about what super fans think because we kind of are people that are just a little bit you know maybe slightly crazy and how obsessed we are with our team and uh, we follow it too closely we have ideas of what things should look like we have ideas of what the team should and shouldn't do and uh, when when our ideas don't come to fruition we might get a little bit more animated than uh, other people might and that being said um the first one that i want to single out is david Sava. um he got beat on a play where he had five or six steps at uh, he was already outside of the offensive blue line i forget who it was coming at him i want to say grandland um doesn't matter he had five or six steps of advantage and the way he turns is he turns like a cruise ship and he gets beat wide and then the guy just walks in on Samuel Montembeau untouched I mean if he took a better route he could have closed that off before he even got to the red line but instead he's just trying to pivot around again like a cruise ship getting beat wide like they have to figure out a way to trade him I I don't want to see him anymore I'm sorry I think he has value to a playoff team with all of his shot blocking and um, some of his defensive abilities when he's in his own zone. In transition, he's a nightmare. Um, there are a few times where you see him jump into the rush and maybe he'll get a shot on goal. Maybe he'll help set something up a little bit. He's still got a lot of experience and he's got he's got a mind for hockey. He knows where he's supposed to be, but he is way too slow. I don't want to see it anymore. I would way rather see a younger defenseman come up. Uh, and uh, play for the Montreal Canadiens. I don't want to see him anymore. Please figure out a way to trade him. Yoel Armia. Um, <laughs> he took another offensive zone penalty. This with, with they were down. They were down one goal at the time. They were, I don't know if they were down one or two, but he took a stupid high sticking penalty. Um, you know, I think he was going for a stick lift, so I guess he has that excuse to it. But it's just. Why do you always take offensive zone penalties at the the just the most amazing times, dude? Enough of you. Back to waivers, back to Laval. I don't want to see it anymore. I would, again, rather see a younger player come up. Um, who else? Who else are we going to go after? Honestly, um, I I didn't love Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki in that game either. I didn't love them. Um, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say trade them. Uh, I think they both have very good value contracts when they're at their best. Uh, but that was not their best. They can do better than that. And um, they, they were part of me watching that game and going, man, the effort level is what is really atrocious. The energy is what is atrocious. And I didn't see effort and energy from them until the net was empty. 
when the net was empty and uh, Samuel Montembeau was on the bench, they were definitely trying. They did great at that part, so I'll give them, uh, I guess, a small silver lining for that. But the rest of the game, I, I didn't see much uh, of value from them, so they need to be better than that, especially as leaders on this team. Nick Suzuki being the captain, so you're the leader. Uh, we, we need to see better than that. Josh Anderson didn't back check for a fucking second in that game. Yeah, I know he got a goal. I know he got a goal, but I'm not going to give you credit for standing in front of the net and getting a tip on Mike Matheson's shot when I didn't see you back check one single time in that game. Just refusing to play defense. That's that's what you're going to do? You've got all the talent in the world, man. you got speed that a lot of people would, would give anything to have. A lot of people would give anything to have what you have in terms of natural ability. And you're out there just refusing to use any of that to play defense. Hmm? Yeah, you need to go as well. They need to figure out a way to trade that guy. And that contract is bad. That contract is bad. And I know the last thing that I'm going to jump on here is the, the coaching staff and the management. I know that you guys can't control the bad contracts that you got stuck with. I know you can't control the Armia contract. I know you can't control the Anderson contract. I know these are things the Gallagher contract, I know you can't really change those, right? You can't go back in time and get them at reasonable or more reasonable salaries. You can't fix what's already done. You certainly can't fix what was done before you even got there. You can try to correct it by making some moves. And that's what I hope this management group is going to do. And as for the coaching staff, what the fuck did you guys say to them in the room? Like, I know Martin Saint-Louis has been lauded as a very good guy in the room for, for players and he's well-respected and he apparently can fire people up. What'd you say to them in the room for that game? They came out after a really good first period and they could have collectively all just gone to center ice, dropped their pants and taken a shit and it would have been better than what they did. And then third period, almost mirror of the second period until they decided to turn the dial up towards the midway point. Um, just disgusting. I, 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 I gotta start to wonder, and I'm not at the point where I'm going to start saying, let's fire coaches. Not yet. We're, we're not there yet, but I start to wonder, what are you guys doing? Because that's again, the worst team in the NHL and you let them beat you on home ice because you didn't want to try in the second or the third period. Don't talk to me about being tired. Do not talk to me about being tired. Your professional athletes do better than that. Your fans pay a lot of money to come watch you in that building. If they lost this game, but they outshot the Sharks and they looked like the better team for the entire 60 minutes, I wouldn't have anything negative to say. I would probably sit here and go, ah, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. At least they had a good effort. Didn't I say that last night on last episode of the bottom six minutes? I said, I don't really care if they win or lose. I just want to see a better effort. I want to see them look like the better team against a team that they should be better than. I don't know, man. Um, that one is probably going to stick with me until Saturday. So I I guess I'll say the same thing I said uh, in last night's episode. I want to see a better effort on Saturday, and I want to see that effort sustained for more than 20 minutes. Um uh, <laughs> otherwise we might have to start really yelling about people getting traded so i apologize to anybody who doesn't like swearing and yelling i know i did a little bit of that in this game but i think a lot of us probably did a little bit of swearing and yelling tonight uh watching the montreal Canadiens. so we're going to cut it off there before i do any more swearing and yelling uh, we're running 
yeah, almost 20 minutes. So, c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Um, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. I do swear less over there. So, you know, if you don't like that, you can follow me on there and you might not uh, hear as much of that. Um, this episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.